Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Still playing December football time. Guess I should say regular season football in December time. Got basketball going on, so maybe that'll be a little more more exciting time. Holidays approaching time. Let's uh Let's uh, talk a little Vols Vandy time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday evening. Also going to drop this to you on a Thursday evening. And I suppose since the uh, since the, the sun has set on December 10th, we can go ahead and say Happy Hanukkah to all you Jewish listeners out there. Hag Sameah. I'm pretty sure I butchered the pronunciation on that, even though my wife's maiden name was Goldberg. I... I think I got that way wrong, but the, the, the heart's in the right place. Happy Hanukkah to everyone out there. I know it's been a, a tough 2020 for everybody, and uh, hopefully we can get through this and make 2021 a little better. There's some good vaccine news coming, so maybe maybe things will start to get a little bit better. Not just going to be me on this podcast, guys, joined uh, by, let's see, is there a clever way I can say this? I don't think there is. No, it's just, uh, it's, it's Ryan Callahan, ladies and gentlemen, from across town. It has home daycare center. Ryan, what's up, man? Hey, yeah, uh, it is definitely a home daycare center this week uh, because we've had the kids home because in, you know, typical COVID world fashion, uh, their daycare is closed this week, of course, because of some uh, COVID concerns there. So it's, it really has been a, as you like to say, clown car full of kids this week. Yeah. But, uh, but, but other than that, doing okay. How about you? Yeah, doing all right. Uh, not not too bad. The uh, we've avoided it here. My wife and I have, have avoided things, even though she's had to go back to to work for a while now and work in person. It's been uh, we've been able to keep keep rid of it so far. Cold weather's coming, holidays coming. Uh, everything's okay though. Not 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 too bad, all things considered. I always look at it through the lens of what other people are going through for perspective. And uh, comparatively speaking, uh, we've been pretty blessed this year. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about too much. Ryan, you yep. know what has not gone particularly great though is this Tennessee football season. Tennessee sitting at two and six, I believe. Is that what it is? Heading into uh, Saturday's Saturday's visit to Vanderbilt, uh, which is obviously the SEC game of the century. With uh, mm-hmm. Tennessee being two and six, Vandy being over heading into this thing, and and, and knock on wood, this game's still going to be played. Ryan, I I'm a little bit, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised, um, but but maybe that's the right phrase. Maybe I'm a little bit, maybe a little bit pleasantly surprised that that Vandy's going to go ahead and play this game. Yeah, I, there were I think there was legitimate concern uh, going into this week about how it might go. We knew Vanderbilt is going to be shorthanded no matter how things go uh we knew there were enough issues last week that their game against georgia was postponed obviously and uh and with with cases being where they are everywhere you know it's it's a concern for everybody in the conference i mean even old miss not being able to 
to play this week. So it's uh, it's something we've had to worry about. But Vanderbilt, to their credit, you know, give their players credit. They don't have to do this. Uh, They could easily tell their interim staff, hey, we don't we don't have enough players to put forth a a good enough effort for what we would like to do. And then, you know, we're winless. This season's been terrible. Let's face it. So, well, we, we don't have to do this, but they're they're They want to play. And, you know, even, even though they're going to be shorthanded and having, having to play some guys out of position and uh, some guys who've never, never really played much before in a couple of cases, it sounds like uh, there's, they're still going to go forward with it. And uh, you know, Hey, we got to Thursday at least with the game still being scheduled so that's uh that's pretty good yeah and uh i was looking at that that depth chart and you know vandy's got obviously it's got nowhere near its full complement of players an interim head coach there a freshman quarterback and and looking defensively i mean vandy's depth chart has right now uh at at one outside linebacker spot has a player listed on the depth chart at, at starting at an outside linebacker spot who is 185 pounds playing outside linebacker so yeah i mean there's there are a lot of reasons why vandy would not want to play this game but uh, i'm going to go ahead and say kudos or as a uh, philip former would say kudos to vandy for going to go ahead and play this game because I, I just you know i i thought that they might just go ahead and try to try to mail it in but uh they're not doing that and maybe that's because they think hey this is you got tennessee you know coming into your backyard this is perhaps one of the the most winnable sec games vandy could have this season and um you know if you can go ahead and uh soil uh tennessee's cornflakes you know that's always a good season for vandy so i I think that one thing that's interesting to me about this game and, and we'll talk about a couple of you know, lineup things, Tennessee, what's going to happen at quarterback, kicker, some other deals. But I think one of the most interesting things about this week, Ryan, was during one of Jeremy Pruitt's press conferences or, or Zoom conferences, I guess we should call them in this era. He was asked earlier this week if he, you know, expected Vandy to go ahead and throw everything against the wall, right? It, it's got an interim coach. It's It's got well below its full allotment of players, lots of guys opting out. Uh, you know, undersized at some positions, not a lot of scholarship players at some positions. You know, did he did he just expect them to throw the kitchen sink at Tennessee? You know, in terms of onside kicks uh, and and you know fakes and all these other things. And Pruitt said, "Well, you know, I mean, we're, we're kind of in a similar position over here ourselves, guys. We haven't won in six games, and, and I think that's." it's kind of sad to think about, but it's also true, isn't it? I mean, it, it's not like Vandy's the only desperate team going into this game. Right. There's the, there's legitimate uh, desperation you would think. Uh, although I, I would say this, this kind of has the setup of a bowl game, like maybe a lower tier bowl game in a way, because I think one of the biggest questions is who's really going to show up desperate to win, desperate to play hard um, because Vanderbilt, again, let's, let's call it what it is. They're, they're, under an interim coach right now it's you know they're undermanned they they're they're they, they've had a pretty terrible season all things considered they're coming off a 41 nothing loss at missouri a couple weeks ago um yeah they're they're bad um this is a team that sh- I, th- I thought going into the missouri game yeah they started to show some signs of life to the point that i thought before that missouri game tennessee might have some trouble with vanderbilt yeah. so that that team still may be in there but it, only the shell of that team maybe because they are missing a number of players and so that, yeah, that, will that team show up eager to fight uh, for an interim coach and, and play its best game? And then on Tennessee's side, you know, I think they'll be ready to play. Nothing they've shown so far suggests they're going to be flat for this game. Um, I certainly would hope they're not going to be overconfident for this game uh, coming off a six-game losing streak, although they are more than two touchdown favorites right now. But this is, um, you know, this is a game that that people aren't going to be that 
fired up about probably because it's, it's not a marquee opponent. You know, it's not, uh, not a game that Tennessee's had circled on the schedule all year, but it is one of their most winnable games left. And, 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 and that's been the case for several weeks now. So they've got to view this as an opportunity to finally get a win, get this bad taste out of their mouths. And you would think that at least on Tennessee's side, they'll be ready to play. But I think that's one of the questions about this game, who shows up really fired up and ready to go. Yeah. And this is a game where, and, and I hate, I really do hate discussing games through this through this prism, through this lens, whatever word you want to use. I, I, I don't like phrasing things this way, but I think this is legitimately one of those games where Tennessee has very little to gain but a whole lot to lose uh, because I, I don't know that the upside – you know, of this is I don't know that it just guarantees everything's going to be fine with Pruitt in the off season. I don't I don't know that, but but I think that there's certainly a lot more questions on the table and a lot more issues if you lose this game. Then then all of a sudden things go from looking bad to looking perhaps unsalvageable. Uh, and if you win this game, you're not going to get a lot of positive reinforcement from people. You're not going to get a lot of affirmation. You're not going to get a lot of Stuart Smalley if you win this game. But you need to win this game because the downside to losing it is is could be catastrophic. Yeah, I, I think people are looking at this game, and I, I don't think it's a, a, an absolute black and white, all or nothing situation, but people are looking at this game as – kind of the one that's going to determine Jeremy Pruitt's future. Um, I, I'll say that I've, this is how I've kind of said it. I don't think this game, you know, even if Tennessee loses to Vanderbilt, let's just throw that out there as a possibility because it's theoretically possible. Sure, Vanderbilt's sure. It's, it's not possible. so terrible. And, and Tennessee's and, got a lot of holes. Tennessee's not great. Say, yeah, Tennessee's not scoring a lot of points. So in theory, Vanderbilt finds a way to score 21, 24 points. This thing could get pretty interesting. So uh, it's on the table. And if they were to lose this game, that doesn't automatically mean Jeremy Pruitt's gone. Uh, we've laid out the reasons we've discussed them in, in depth before on, on go Vols 24 seven and on, on previous podcasts, why this year is just not a good time to be making a coaching change. But like you said, at a certain point, it does look unsalvageable to people. If, if you, if you lose it's to, to me, it's going to it would be more about what it says about where the program is. If you can't beat a Vanderbilt team in this situation, what, where does it get better? Um, where where can you? How yeah, can you pull yourself it, it, out? Of it's it? hard to say that things have, are are better than they were three years ago. And I I still believe that that the the Butch Jones last team was worse than this team. People keep saying yes. this is the worst Tennessee team they've seen in 30, 40 years, or maybe ever. I completely disagree with that. Not that I'm. I mean, it's like saying you know which which of these, for lack of a better phrase, it's like which of these farts smells worse honestly, but, but it's like, you know, the team three years ago, I do think was worse, but if you lose this game to Vanderbilt, a really, really bad, really undermanned, uh, kind of in limbo and transition Vanderbilt team, then all of a sudden people have to start asking, is it really better than it was? And then it's a valid question. So you just, you gotta take your medicine and take care of business in this game. Yeah. And, and that's, I don't think it's really a discussion for me because this team's already done something twice that that 2017 team didn't do. And that's win an sec game. So uh, important context to remember, I've, I've laid this out before on the checkerboard. Don't think I've done that here in a podcast. Maybe you guys have, uh, have mentioned this in passing and I missed it in a, in a previous episode, but uh, it's important to remember how much different this season looks because of the 10 game sec only schedule. It changed everything. And I thought this going into the season, it made this, to where a five and five season would have been pretty solid for Tennessee, but in normal years, that five and five, if it say included losses to Auburn and Texas A&M would have been five and three. So that was, that was an example of how Tennessee schedule, especially with a couple of tough games being added 
just was a lot tougher. So think about that as we look at Tennessee's two and six record. Let's assume they go, let's assume for the sake of this argument that they beat Vanderbilt this week and then lose to Texas A&M. That's a three and seven season, but you take away the losses to Auburn and Texas A&M because they weren't originally on the schedule. That's a three and five SEC record. Plug back in the original non-conference schedule. Assume they lose to Oklahoma, let's say, yeah. and they win the other three games. That's a six and six season. So really, this might end up being what in a normal year would have been a 500 team, which is not a good team by any means, but still and not, not where you want to be, not where you want to be in your third year at Tennessee. No. But but you know, and, especially when you're bringing back a starting quarterback and those offensive linemen, and you know, it's just not you know the secondary that you thought you were going to have. It, it's not you know this team was ranked in the top 15 not that long ago. I mean, I think we need to remember that because the the problem is that you've lost to Arkansas and Kentucky, which is probably I don't want to say it's a hundred percent of the reason why the frustration level is where it is, but it's a big part of it because if you lose those other games the way you lose them, okay, but you beat Kentucky and Vander, you know, you beat Kentucky and Arkansas and you're like, okay, well, just got still got a mountain to climb, but you know, it's okay. You lose those two games. Not that that's why things are as bad as they are now. Now if you lose right. to Vandy on top of that, it's bad. But I keep saying this again before we before we move on, I think it's worth saying people keep talking about if you're Tennessee and you already know this might not work, why would you not do it this year? You might lose yourself more money in the long run if you don't make a change. And that's all well and good, and there might be some validity to that argument, but that doesn't help when you have to pay bills right now. you got to keep yeah. lights on right now. you got to keep from having to cut other people in the department, perhaps even cutting a sport. I mean, there's a lot of things that you just you don't want to go down that road. And so unless a couple of the wealthiest boosters step up and say, we'll foot the bill for all of this, then – you know, and in this economy, would they do that? I find that hard to believe. So you're kind of in a tough position. So I, I think the bottom line is if you're Tennessee, you just, you, you take care of business in this game. You try to, you know, put up a respectable showing next week. You try your best to keep the recruiting class together and you just try to move on and be better next year. I mean, I think that's, that's kind of where you are right now. Yeah. And, and, and for fans who might that now I look, I understand and I agree that just the way the season's gone makes makes everything tougher. Uh, it might be tougher to hold this, as you said, this recruiting class together, um, to make the changes you might need to make on the staff to retain guys on the staff. We saw that after Derek Dooley's loss to Kentucky in 2011. Uh, we didn't realize it at the time, but it was in some ways it, it probably turned out to be the beginning of the end because seven assistants left that off season. Um, yeah. if, they, if you end up having a similar situation here, that makes things tougher going into a, a win or uh, win or go home kind of year for Pruitt. So yeah, that, that's a, that, that does make everything more difficult, but you look at next year's schedule and I, I still see a manageable path to a, at least a seven or eight win season. If, you know, if things go pretty well, so yeah, you plug some holes, you fix the quarterback situation first and foremost. And, you, you've got something there. So I, I, I don't think it's an unsalvageable situation, but you do, you need to win this Vanderbilt game for so many reasons to keep that discussion from being on the front burner um, because it, it becomes what's been a simmering fire the, the last few weeks yeah. becomes an absolute dumpster fire if you lose this game and there's going to be no way to avoid at least the discussion of that being on the table. And that's, that's not what anybody wants to deal with. And uh, this team just needs something positive to go their way, especially you know, early signing day next week. I mean, there, there are plenty of reasons Tennessee needs to win this game, and it's not just a, 
a throwaway game. A win here is actually important. And, and a couple of roster notes uh, of, of note this week. Can you say can you say notes of note? I don't know. It seems a little repetitive. Regardless, here's where we are. Uh, here, here's some news, guys. Uh, Brent Samaglia, in case you missed it earlier this week, uh, he has shut it down for the season. He is going to sort of opt out for the final two games. And I think that's probably for him. I think that's the right decision. I mean, he even doinked an extra point off the bar last week. He's been hurt all season. He hasn't been himself. And and frankly, Tennessee, you know, it, it's just two games, and it's it's not the end of the world. And I think he I think he does plan on coming back next season and, and being the kicker that he's been through most of his career. Uh, but he will not kick uh, the final two games of the season, which means punter Paxton Brooks uh, will be a place kicker, uh, I guess, uh, for the first time in his Tennessee career. He's handled kickoffs before. He kicked field goals and extra points in high school. He's got a big leg. I think it'll be okay. But if it's a close game, hey, that's something to note. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And, I mean, we didn't get to see, of course, what Vanderbilt's kicking situation against Missouri might have meant uh, because that was a 41 nothing game. So maybe it turns out to be nothing this week, too. But uh, but, yeah, it's at least something to keep an eye on. And, you know, some Aglia struggled, obviously, with that injury a bit, uh, you know, missed extra point against Florida. I mean, there, there were there were concerns there, even if he was healthy. But now, yeah, you've got a guy who's not done it in a college game. I think it makes you feel better if you're Tennessee that he's done it in high school, though. He, he and, you know, and, we, we and he keep... showed with kickoffs that he can he can kick the snot yeah. out of the ball when it's on the tee. Anyway, I mean he's he's one of the better kickoff specialists around. I think he, he his touchback rating is pretty good. Yeah, so so you've got something to work with there, and I and you know we we track high school stats throughout the throughout the season when when guys are committed. And, and Brooks, you know, was a guy that had had pretty decent place kicking numbers in high school. So, yeah, he's he's clearly capable of being at least serviceable, I think. Um, you know, will he have the the same range that Samaglia would have on on field goals? You know, we'll have to wait and see about that. I'm not, I'm not sure what to expect. I, I would assume not, but it could be close. Uh, you know, he has a strong leg, but it may be a little more erratic. Uh, he might be more likely to miss hit one and just – you know, completely not not even come close or get one blocked from kicking it too low. You know, we'll we'll see. And but and and, it, and and they're going to take Toby Wilson to a, a backup yeah. walk on just in case. Yeah, uh, and you, I think you have to. Uh, you got to protect yourself. Normally, you have the the kicker and punter option that you know Brooks how, was the emergency great, guy before. But how great would it be to see some like lineman do like the straight ahead extra point? You know, like you see from some high school teams yeah. who, who have like a guy who's number like 76 or 78, and instead of coming from an angle, he just comes straight over the top and takes like two steps and toes the extra point. That would be fantastic to see an SEC game. That would, that would, that would, I would love to see that. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, and, and, you know, uh, what, could they call Derek Brodus back to if they need an emergency kicker? Is he available for this That's one? true. Will he be on the couch? Uh, will, yeah. And, and are they going to have to call him and say, hey, uh, are you sober? Uh, have you been tailgating with your friends? Which is still the funniest part of that whole story to me was the very first question they had to ask him was, uh, are you sober? Uh, because, you know, I thought he'd be there with his buddies tailgating before the game, and he said a lot of times he would have been, but he was watching an LSU-Alabama game, so so he was fine. Because he was like, of, I, yeah, he's like, I wanted to watch that game, so I just stayed home. I didn't go tailgate. One of the highlights, uh, that was that was Dooley, right? Yes, it was. Yes, yeah, it was. One of the highlights of the Derek Dooley era, I would say, the, the Derek Brodus game. And, against, uh, what, what, MTSU? Yes, it was, MTSU, yep. And uh, I do think there's a couple, before we go to break here, I, I will mention that there there should be no change 
uh, of note, really, for for Tennessee at the quarterback position this week, even though Garantano, uh, Jared Garantano has been cleared to practice. He's been okay. He's been out there, uh, as far as I know. But uh, it has been Harrison Bailey and J.T. Shrout, and that's what it's going to be again this week because Jeremy Pruitt did not say who would start, so we'll have to wait till Saturday to see that. But he, he said that they're basically going into it with the same plan, get both of those guys ready, and that's the direction they're going in. Yeah, and he – you know, given the opportunity to address it, because I think some people were not fully convinced that he was ready to move on from Jarrett Garantano. I even heard some people this, you know, coming out of Saturday's game kind of worrying since, you know, Harrison Bailey had a, an okay debut and JT Shrout did some, did some good work, but in garbage time, essentially against Florida, um, you know, but, worrying but that, when that Florida, wasn't... Florida was still blitzing though, because they absolutely blistered a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, not completely meaningless, played there but clearly you know the game was out of reach at that point pretty much so um you you worried that maybe neither one did enough to solidify the job going forward and i think some people were thinking oh no is he going to bring back jerry garantano now that he's back with more than one day to prepare for the game and he kind of shot down that possibility this week he pretty much said you know we're gonna we're gonna move forward with harrison and jt and so that's uh that's the plan at quarterback and that Probably, you know, that might surprise some people, uh, but that's that appears to be, you know, I, I think we've probably seen the last of, of Jarrett Garantano uh, taking snaps at, at Tennessee in a game, uh, unless you never can rule it out, I guess, some catastrophic injury or, or they lose two guys at quarterback and just have no other choice uh, in, in one of these final two games. But I, I think they're trying to see what they have in these young guys. It's a, it's a good situation. You've got a couple options there. Shrout really showed something in practice leading up to the Florida game. Look pretty good down the stretch in that game. I personally wouldn't be shocked if he gets the start. Uh, I don't know that that's the way they're leaning, but I I'll be clear. I, I that's what I mean. If knowing, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a program based on legitimately who has been performing, yeah. and you look at that game, I think it's hard to tell your players that you're that you're taking that seriously if you don't start Shroud because now unless he had a terrible week of practice or something that we don't know about, right. but but if he has a reasonably good week in practice and you base on what happened in the last game, I think if you want to be honest with your guys, I mean, I, I wouldn't have put Shroud in the game in the first place. I've been candid about that. I would have kept Bailey out there to give him the reps, but if you're going to put Shroud out there and then he's going to perform like that and make the offense look competent all of a sudden, I think you you almost kind of have to go in that direction just to see what he's got. I, I agree, and and for the for the conspiracy theorists out there, because I'm sure some have wondered about this. We've gotten a couple of questions about this at times. If you're Tennessee and you're worried about giving the perception that Harrison Bailey is taking the starting job and running with it here at the end of the season, keeping that job open going into the offseason is much easier to do if you play both of these guys down the stretch. Yes, so I think is. it serves yes, a couple of purposes there. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And there's a lot more to discuss because there we got some uncertainty that we've had to discuss with Tennessee on the field. Also a little bit of uh, uncertainty in recruiting. Now, uh, let's preface this by saying that that this is some of what we expected and some of what we've been telling you would happen. But the fact is, when it starts to happen, people are going to have questions, and uh, some some there's been some desertions from the class, including some people Tennessee didn't want to lose, uh, including and then maybe a couple that they were like, okay, yeah, let's go ahead, let's do that. Uh, but we'll discuss that quickly, though. We'll take a quick break, uh, come back after paying some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, other fun things, and we'll be back right here on the Govals 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio and Ryan Callahan coming to you from his clown car full, clown car full of children home daycare center. I said it right that time. Uh, talking a little Tennessee football, Vols Vandy coming up on Saturday at Vanderbilt Stadium, Dudley Field, 4 p.m. SEC Network. The uh, Obviously the game of the season, I think, the game of the century. Uh, what we can call it. This is uh, certainly a big-time game coming up. Just kidding. But there's lots to discuss about that. We did that in the first segment. We'll have more to discuss after that game on Saturday night. But let's shift the focus to recruiting in just one second. That's what we're going to talk about for a lot of this segment. Before that, though, I'm going to remind you again, guys, please, please, please take a minute out of your day. Go in there and subscribe to this podcast. Mash that subscribe button. Give us a rating. Give us a review. It'll take you just a minute, and it'll help us a ton. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. Uh, but the one thing we ask in return, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. It'll take you just a minute, and uh, it'll help us out a lot. It'll help spread it, spread this to the to the wolf pack, get more wolves in the wolf pack, and we can keep moving forward. Also got a promo right now on the side, 60% off, Ryan, which is a really good deal. And uh, coming up on early signing day or early signing period, there's basketball season starting. This is a great time to go ahead and jump on the site, right, for 60% off. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, you know, If you missed out on that Cyber Monday sale, and I hope you didn't, but there are plenty of you that took advantage of that, plenty more taking advantage of this deal now. Jump on this. We don't normally have – offers like this honestly the week leading up to, to early signing day so it's always a big time for recruiting plenty going on uh no better time with all that going on three sport you know or football basketball and recruiting essentially a third sport of its own all that happening at once uh it, it really is a great time to join in or, or buy a christmas gift for that vols fan in your life and if you do that you know and, you, and they wait to, to then pay the full price they get cbs all access which is something that we'll talk about at the end but always a great value that's a hundred dollar plus annual value I mean, that's that's it's hard to beat that deal. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff in there. I was watching Arsenal play on that earlier today. And uh, if you missed it, by the way, Mohamed El Nini hit one of the goals of the season in a meaningless game against a meaningless opponent. Uh, but he just really hit like a 40 yard rocket. It was awesome to see. So go check that out. You can see that on CBS All Access. Ryan, with recruiting, we obviously mentioned this earlier, but early signing period is, is coming up, uh, which is kind of now taking a lot of the luster off of the, the traditional. National Signing Day, which happens in February. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've talked about that before. We don't have to wax poetic about that. But the bottom line is, we've said it all along, Tennessee probably had too many people in that class. Now, not for what they needed at the time, because you want to make sure those spots are filled. You want to have some momentum. I get that. But at the end of the day, there's only a certain amount of guys you can bring in. And it looks like now that class has started to whittle. The problem has been that a lot of these Tennessee commitments, decommitments, including the one that happened, one of the two that happened on Thursday, I don't think they were from guys they necessarily wanted to lose, were they? 
Yeah, they, they've they've now had had a few that were guys they clearly didn't intend to lose. Uh, one of those, uh, the one, the most recent one that you referenced was Thursday morning, uh, four-star tight end Hudson Wolf of a, a guy Hardin who County seemed, High School. a guy who seemed really solid for a long time. Yeah, uh, from Hardin County High School uh, over in Savannah, Tennessee, uh, same school that produced Latrell Bumpus a couple of years ago. That uh, that has another t- Tennessee target in the 2022 class, Caden Pope. Uh, so you've got some some Tennessee ties there. West, you know, West Tennessee outside of Memphis, especially, is normally pretty pro Tennessee territory. Yes, very much um, so. The the type of guy that I think Tennessee probably didn't expect to have many problems holding on to down the stretch. A good enough player that you thought he was still going to be recruited by other teams down sure, the stretch. Sure. But at the same time, not one that that there was any serious reason to worry about until just recently. And uh, you know, not sure how much Ole Miss might have been quietly working him in the background uh, over the past couple months, but I'm sure there was still some contact. And then I think here pretty recently, the last couple weeks, especially it got a little more serious. And, you know, we've seen some guys come out and say, you know, I'm signing early with Tennessee, still locked in all those things. We never saw anything quite like that from Hudson Wolf. So sometimes that means something. Sometimes it doesn't. In this case, I think it meant something. And, uh, and obviously he went ahead and decommitted Thursday morning after things kind of, uh, really accelerated there on, on Tuesday and Wednesday, especially with his involvement with Ole Miss. You know, I think clearly this shows you that there are, are concerns um, during a season like this that can end up affecting players who otherwise are pretty solid. Uh, you know, back earlier this fall, I think he was pretty solid. But as the season continued to to go that way, I think it you know maybe raised questions and concerns about the, the coaching staff's long-term future um, and just obviously the offense having the season it's had compared to, say, Ole Miss's offense. I think Ole Miss is where Hudson Wolf is definitely leaning at this point. That's, um, I, I'm not the recruiting expert, but the tea leaves on that one seem pretty clear. And, and, and yeah, the fact that Ole Miss is obviously putting up a ton of points, throwing to the tight end more than Tennessee this year, things like that obviously make it easier, especially with the first-year coaching staff there, uh, for, for Ole Miss to, to you know, try to capitalize on, on what Tennessee's going through right now. So. Uh, those kinds of things can happen, and that's uh, you, you. You know, we kind of said all along it's going to be a situation to monitor down the stretch. So, just a week or two ago, I would have told you after the you know after the Terrence Lewis commitment, I really did think Tennessee had a pretty good chance of holding on to pretty much everybody else that it wanted to hold on to in this class. Obviously, this one another unanticipated departure. That being said, I think it's it's one Tennessee is it, it's a bigger deal in terms of perception to me than in terms of the football side of things. It, it is. No, and, and I'll say this too. I mean, I think the kid's a fine prospect. I never really yeah. thought, he, I've never really considered him a world beater or anything like that, um, especially when you look at some of the other kind of tight ends athletically and what they can do in the game right now. I don't know that it's like, oh my God, the worst deal in the world, but, you know, it's for prestige, it matters. And I'll tell you, Ryan, uh, for on the field, it, it might matter because I, I've said this, no matter if Tennessee signed this kid or not, uh, and I know they've they got another you know guy play tight end in this class, and you know they got some other guys, but they I've said this before, and I'll still keep saying it. Either a JUCO or grad transfer tight end is desperately needed for this offense right now. I go I don't know if you can go get another Domwood Anderson or somebody like that, but somebody in the transfer market in the portal, somebody at a JUCO somewhere. They I know Pope's coming back hopefully, knock on wood, and that should help some things. Um, but Tennessee just it's such it's such a big part of Jim Chaney's offense and they just they gotta get better there. Right now they're just not good enough there. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely something that we'll I'm sure see Tennessee continue to explore. I, I don't know that this necessarily opens up enough of a need in the twenty twenty one class to go out and get somebody else at that position. Oh no, I don't I, 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 I don't mean a high school guy. I mean an yeah. older guy who can step in and but, play. 
Exactly. But I was going to say, but, but, you know, in the transfer market, I definitely think Tennessee could be a player if the right guys are out there. You know, I know people are probably wondering what about Eric Gilbert at LSU? What about Darnell Washington at Georgia? You know, we've already heard some, some wild speculation. In some cases, there may be some, some real truth to some of this uh, of, of guys who may be out there. Uh, you know, Eric Gilbert, of course, has, uh, has opted out of the rest of the season at LSU. There's some chatter there, of course, about what he's going to do, but he hasn't made a, uh, an announcement yet on his plans, whether he'll enter the transfer portal or not. You know, if guys like that are out there, Tennessee's obviously going to try to kick tires on them. Uh, they recruited both yeah. of those guys heavily. I, 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 w- I would stretch up and limber up and kick that tire as hard as I could kick something. And let's be clear, Tennessee would have been interested in those guys regardless of whether Hudson Wolf stuck. So I don't want yeah. – I, I, people kind of wondered earlier today, does this mean Eric Gilbert or someone's coming? This definitely has nothing to do with anything like that. Tennessee is not kicking Hudson Wolf to the curb to make room for a transfer. Nothing like that happened. Uh, but at the same time, football, for football reasons, you know, Tennessee does, as you mentioned, have a couple other tight ends in this class. Miles Campbell, the four-star from Georgia, a guy I like quite a bit. Yeah, I, li- uh, I, li- I like the upside there a good bit. I don't know if he'll be ready immediately, but I like the upside there. Yeah, and, and he and Wolf, both early enrollees, that's the thing that would have really helped us to get both of those guys in there in January, go through spring practice, have a better chance of being ready as a true freshman to help out at a position where, obviously, as you said, help is needed. And then Trinity Bell is an athlete, 6'7", 260-plus, probably big-framed guy that is going to start off at least at tight end. So he, he can help there and be more of that. Uh, well, I'd, I'd say more of the run-blocking type, but he's a pretty athletic guy for 6'7", for yeah. uh, having that kind of frame. He can he can move pretty well. And then and then you've got a couple guys in this class, I would say maybe more specifically Rock Taylor, but it, you know even a guy like Julian Nixon, a bigger receiver, you got some other guys that yeah, if Nixon's going to play, play if Nixon's going to play receiver, he's going to have to trim down. I can tell you that. Yeah, so you got some guys there that have big enough frames that if you need another tight end in this class, you got options. So uh, just like they do with the, they did or do with D Beckwith in the 2020 class, you know they've got some guys on this roster they can further address that position. So I think Tennessee will be okay. I think the perception of this hurts worse because it's a pretty highly ranked guy in state. You're losing to an SEC rival. Uh, it's it's not a guy you expected to lose. And, and again, the message it sends when in-state kids start flipping in a, in a time like this is not what you want to have to deal with. So I think to a lot of fans, this seems concerning. I, I, I would still not consider it the end of the world, but I understand why fans would be concerned just just seeing it from the outside because it's an in-state guy. And I still think if uh, I would inv- if D Beck if D Beckwith uh, were a stock, I would buy a lot of stock there. Uh, I I I hope that he sees that his future might be the most crystal clear at tight end, and I hope that he commits himself to that position and they give him a chance to play there and he gets to put on some weight. I just think he could be a real weapon in, in that part of the game. Yeah. You know, I you think know with that size though, and athleticism. J- Jeremy Pruitt keeps mentioning him at running back, though. I, I really I, – I don't know. The more I've heard, the more I'm not convinced. You don't see a lot of 6'5 running backs out there, but, hey, I guess it's happening. You don't. You don't. But, uh, you know, I, I think I think Jeremy Pruitt's seen enough guys like Jalen Hurd and Derrick Henry in, in recent years in the SEC that I, I don't think they're as worried about that. And I think they at least like what they've seen from him at running back. So it's – I don't know. I could see that one going either way, but I think there's more of a chance than I initially thought that, that he maybe sticks at running back. But, yeah, they've – Again, they've got options there. They this staff. He's also he's also like the of, he's like the poster child for posi- for positionless football, basically. Yeah, and and this staff loves having those versatile types that they can do different things with. I I, I think you certainly could see that with some some guys in this twenty twenty one recruiting class, as we mentioned, uh, with tight end being uh, being a, a little more of a need now with with Hudson Wolf not in the class. You could maybe see them 
uh, at least experiment with one of those other guys who's capable of playing tight end. And Ryan, there were, there was another loss from the class on Thursday, but I think this is one that we sort of expected, right? I mean, Jay Jones was one of the, and you don't just rank up, you don't just, we don't certainly just look at prospects and coaches certainly don't just only by their rankings coming out of high school and what they are, but this was not one of the higher rated prospects in the class. And this is someone that I think to make room, I, I think this just makes sense for everybody. Yeah, it's the the writing seemed to be on the wall with this one for for a little while. You know, his his recruitment never never quite took off. He did get offers earlier this year from Arkansas and Ole Miss, and and it's not just about you know things like that. But you know, I, I think one of those situations where um, Tennessee took him early, uh, saw him in camp going into his junior year, and sometimes you take guys like you offer and then end up taking guys like that because it was his first first big offer. I think his first offer overall at the time. Uh, so he jumped on that early and then you, you take guys like that and you see how they develop. And sometimes it doesn't quite, uh, you don't see quite the development you'd like there. And, 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 you know, you just decide you got to uh, find a, a better fit or, or again, save that position because I think Tennessee is looking at all of its options, including the transfer portal to, to use the remaining spots in this class. I think you're going to still see a little more attrition in this class leading up to sign day, potentially, you know, it could be a, a few guys parting ways with Tennessee and a few guys not signing next week. You know, I think there, I think there's a real chance we don't see all that close to 25 guys sign next week. You know, we'll have to wait and see about that. Make, make sure Salter be, signs. Make sure Salter signs. Get that, yeah. get that signature in, and then deal with the rest. Well, we pretty much know the early enrollees, and there are at least 10 in this class right now. Uh, we know those guys will sign next week. They've all indicated that's their plan, and, and that's still everything should be on track with those guys. The only question would be uh, the guys who don't plan to be early enrollees. Will all of them choose to sign? Will Tennessee have some hold off? You know, there, there's still some things to be decided there. So I think there's a real chance we see maybe 20, maybe even fewer than that sign next week uh, yeah. to give Tennessee sort of some options leading up to February. Signing Which is day. what I would want if I were, if I were a Tennessee coach, that's what I would want. Yeah. You give yourself some options. I, I think the belief, Two, two reasons for that. We've mentioned the transfer portal. That's a big reason. You want to have options to, uh, to go after a few guys there if you find some quality players. And I think the belief is there will be some this year, especially if that one-time transfer exception goes through, as, as a lot of people think it will early next year. But on top of that, there's the real belief that I, you know, I think Tennessee and other schools are still searching because there's this belief that there are good, relatively undiscovered players out there right now. And they may be hidden on the commitment list of a, of an FCS program or a lower level FBS program, or they might not have any offers at all because of this dead period in this pandemic and, and the guys who haven't had seasons this year and all, all those things combining. I think there, there are going to be more steals to be found in this class. So I think if you're Tennessee, you leave yourselves room thinking that, Hey, maybe in the, in the period between the early signing period and the end of January, we find more of these guys. We've already seen them offer a few that I think would fit that description so far. Um, when, when recruiting is a challenge, and again, this isn't necessarily your, your plan A, but when you don't land top 100, top 200 type players, it's okay to go out there and search for guys. I've mentioned several examples on our message board uh, this week as people, as people have kind of rolled their eyes a little bit at some of Tennessee's recent offers. You know, Kendall Vickers was a post-signing day find by Tennessee, who's in the NFL now. Um, they, they found guys late in 2018, including Karat Garland, uh, a couple guys, he and his teammate Jordan Young, who, who flipped to Florida State on signing day that year, that were completely undiscovered before Tennessee offered them. They both ended up being good players. So you can you can find guys like this. Tim Jordan was committed to Western Kentucky before Tennessee ended up battling North Carolina, I believe it was, down the stretch for him yep. uh, a few years ago. So there are good players out there in a normal year 
this year there might be more than ever of those types out there. Tennessee might find some. So you leave yourselves room for that, for anybody that might not sign this, uh, this, this first signing period just to, by their choice. And again, for the transfer portal. So I think it's good, good idea to maybe leave some flexibility there. And that's why I think you'll continue to see Tennessee either maybe part ways with a couple more guys and maybe have some of their, their current commitments not signed until February just to, to see what else is out there, give themselves some, some choices. Ryan, before we step out of here, anything else in terms of potential additions or subtractions before signing day starts? Uh, you know, anyone who's out there that people need to pay attention to, any, you know, whether they be guys who, you know, Tennessee needs to make sure they hold on to because there's there, there could be a struggle there or anybody who could pop up on Tennessee's radar and sign next week. Yeah, the, I mean, there are, there are possibilities out there. We've seen, obviously, several offers over the past few weeks, uh, guys who could be in play here down the stretch. We know of some recent targets who are, are planning to wait until February to sign uh, and, and already have indicated that. Uh, even guys like a, a longtime target that we wrote about on Thursday, Simeon Price, a former South Carolina commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, He just backed off that commitment a few weeks ago with the coaching change at South Carolina. So he wants more time to, to assess things. He's going to wait till February. So you can, you can, you can kind of put guys like that aside for now. And, and so the focus is kind of on guys like Byron Young, the junior college edge rusher. Um, does he end up signing next week? He's, he's an early enrollee, but he's indicated that he might choose to wait and sign because junior college players have a little more flexibility with signing dates. He might choose to not do it on that very first day to wait and see how some things play out. But either way, he's mm-hmm. one to, to watch leading up to that. Um, Trevin Wallace, a linebacker from South Georgia, uh, that's kind of a, an Auburn, Ole Miss, Tennessee battle. Tennessee probably trails in that one right now, but a guy that's been a pretty big priority for Tennessee down the stretch. Uh, some guys like that. And then, you know, do any of these recent offers end up being guys they can land or choose to, to really push for down the stretch? Uh, Jawan Gaston, a safety from Alabama that I, I really like his film. Uh, it popped up earlier this week. Tennessee gave him his first Power 5 offer. South Carolina has offered since then out of Montgomery, Alabama, uh, crazy stat that, that <laughs> popped up with him. He returned a total of 10 kickoffs and punts for touchdowns this season. Um, competition wasn't great in some of those games, but uh, including one where he returned five kicks for touchdowns, that's not a mistake. Five kicks he returned for touchdowns in one game. Um, uh, at some point, wouldn't you just want to you know kick the damn thing out kick of it bounds? To him. Exactly. I, I was amazed watching the film. It, <laughs> they continued to, and a lot of the kicks looked kind of the same. They were sort of shorter kicks near the sideline and he filled them cleanly every time. Maybe they were trying to kick it out of bounds a couple of times and didn't, but yeah, he took back five kicks in the same game. Just onside, onside, so. Start onside kicking it at some point. I mean, maybe, yeah. you know, th- I don't know. I mean, do something different. It was a 39, nothing game. So that is, he essentially single-handedly beat them on special teams. So that anyway, is, I don't know uh, that so, I've ever heard anything like that. That's crazy. No. Five, in a 39, nothing game, five, returns yes. for a touchdown that's amazing that is so uh so a, 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 again special teams maybe not his uh, i'd strong... say onside kick it would have been punts i'm sorry i'm an idiot but go on <laughs> well they were mostly kickoffs it was four kickoffs and a punt i believe so uh yeah they could have done some onside kicks there but regardless that a, a guy that maybe not we'll see in college if he's a return specialist you know he doesn't uh, he doesn't do it at the highest level probably so you, you have to wait and see if he doesn't have the speed and everything to do that but either way, a good safety, a guy who's gotten some attention this week at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game. So that's an example of the recent offers we've seen go out. So does he end up signing early, or does he wait and see what other options he has? You know, the guys like that who kind of start to blow up at the last minute, they, they have a tough decision to make sometimes. And in a year like this, 
I think players might be more inclined to take what's out there now, but they might also say, you know, I, I could still get more offers down the stretch. Yeah, plus, I mean, so, maybe, maybe you can one-time transfer at some point too. So what's it matter? Yeah. So, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with some of those guys, but this is one of those years where things are, things are kind of popping up each day. Uh, things can certainly change fast. So even though we don't know of anyone right now who looks like an obvious candidate to join Tennessee's class on Wednesday, I, it, again, it's possible they could win one of those big battles we pointed out. Uh, and, and they're still going after guys like Trevally price and, his half-brother, Jaden Tate, the two NC State commitments they've been after for months, uh, guys like that. So they, they've got some options there, but none that we would say right now they're the favorites to land and definitely are guys who are signing early. So we'll have to wait and see over these next several days and obviously stay tuned to Go Alls 24-7 and we'll keep you posted. But that's that's kind of a wait-and-see situation. It could could really depend on what happens with uh, with several guys. Okay, so, so with a toddler and two like infants in the house, combined with uh, next week being early signing period, how excited are you for how little you're going to sleep the next like two weeks, <laughs> week and a half? Yeah, it should be pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be, uh, we'll be ready probably for that, that weekend after the early signing period uh, when things uh, should settle down a little bit. Hopefully. God, God be Although, with everyone in the Callahan clan for the next week and a half. <laughs> oh, thank you. But uh, it's not so bad, but on, you know, I say that, then Tennessee has a football game next Saturday. That's the weird part about this, and coaches are having to deal with this. Jeremy Pruitt talked about after Wednesday's practice. He said he never carries his cell phone on the practice field, which I believe you. We see him on used to see him on the practice field all the time. He never had a phone visible. I, I don't think that's something yeah, coaches and, really. And, and, unless he was hiding it in his in his shorts or somewhere, like in his pocket, he yeah. never had it in his hand. Certainly that I saw. I, all the coaches I've covered, you know, Butch Jones, there was a kid that committed one time during practice and, and an assistant had to bring him his phone during practice for, you know, for him to get the word of it. So things like that, uh, I, I think are, are true. And he said, you know, Hey, I've had to carry my phone out to the practice field a few times the past 10 days because uh, we're getting close to sign day. They're obviously important conversations that take place calls you don't want to miss. And so it's, it's weird for everybody. It's certainly weird for me to be not only covering recruiting. Usually this is the time of year I get to focus on recruiting, and instead, we're talking about games and Tennessee's having to deal with games. It's a, it's a weird year, and this is definitely one of the ways we've seen that where recruiting – coaches can't really sink their teeth into it and spend all day on it, so I'm sure it's been hard for them. Yeah, and I know that uh, Ramey helps you some with recruiting and stuff like that too, you know, when it's needed. And, you know, he's got us all got basketball. The game's going to be on Saturday yeah. also. So it's, it's, it's crazy, man. If you're, if you're a sports fan, there's Tennessee fan, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, but uh, from, from behind the curtain, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy to cover all this at the same time. But you know what? Uh, that, that beats what this summer was. Absolutely. We're, we're glad to have this to, to, to discuss. And, hey, just hope next year's on a normal time frame from the start and we can have, you know, spring practice and everything and not have a pushback season and all this again. But, you know, this, this beat the alternative. Yeah, it, it's, that's, it's a really good point. It's a good point to end on. Ryan, you got anything else, anything else that, uh, that uh, I did not mention, whether it was team or uh, recruiting related? Uh, no, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. You know, we discussed earlier this week, they also uh, parted ways with Daryl Jackson, the yeah. defensive end from Florida. You know, he's already found a new home. He committed to Maryland uh, on Thursday. So uh, not, didn't take him too long to, to fear, find another fear option. the turtle fear the turtle yes so uh so yeah and and again I, you know stay tuned because I, th- I think you very well could see at least a little bit more of that down the stretch for tennessee and 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 you never know they still might have to fight to to hang on to some other guys i, I mentioned this throughout the process but again as the losses pile up things get tougher you know if tennessee was to lose to vanderbilt it would certainly be a, a situation to continue to keep an eye on but you know this that's why tennessee again they need a win this weekend this is an important game not just for for Jeremy Pruitt and all that, for this recruiting class to make sure they can still hold on to what they have. Guys like Dylan Brooks, 
they, they need some signs of positivity, I think, to make sure they get those guys to the finish line. But they're, they're okay right now. I think that's a good place to end it. Thanks, man. Thank, thanks for being here, Ryan, and uh, good luck with everything the next couple weeks. Appreciate it, Wes. And you know what, guys? Thank you. If I could find that button. Thank you for listening. As always, we always say it, but we always mean it. We really, really appreciate you spending part of your day or night with us on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want Just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, which is also updated throughout the day. Uh, it's not just Tennessee stuff on there, but uh, but mostly things that we think Tennessee football and basketball and baseball fans would be interested in reading. But if you want the best, just you want to go right to the source, get that delicious that delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water, just just right from the source, directly, crystal clear, no additives, no preservatives, no whatever chemical word they use, just straight from the source, organic, USDA organic. Get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, baseball, Lady Vol Sports, where Maria Cornelius does a great job covering all things Lady Vols for us. Also got a couple forums on there, the checkerboard and the summit for for you to to commiserate digitally with uh, Tennessee fans, whether it's uh, about football, basketball, women's sports, or just life in general. I know there's a, depending on which state you're in right now or what county you're in, there's some stay-at-home orders and things, and you can't get out and do a lot. Uh, well, you can still come talk Tennessee sports and talk life with us at GoVols247.com. That is what we're here for. Just about one of us is up just about 24 hours a day. You can find us there. We're always there answering questions. And you can get all that for the low, low price of less than one cheap, mediocre lunch per month. And right now, you can get a 60% off deal. 60% off for your first year. That is insane, guys. 60% off. And if you already pay us full price... If you already pay us full price, you get access in perpetuity. As long as you pay us full price, you get access to CBS All Access for free. That's CBS streaming platform. That's a $100 plus annual value that we put in your pocket for free. Every CBS show ever made, commercial free, new movies every single month. Lots of holiday favorites on there right now. You got live sports, SEC sports, Tennessee sports, NCAA basketball, March Madness, NFL stuff, World Series of Poker. You get UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League. You also get stuff from Comedy Central, Smithsonian. Uh, you get MTV and BET, and you get Nickelodeon for the kids. All of that for free. That's a hell of a deal. If I were y'all, I would go take advantage of that. Please go rate and review this podcast. If you don't hear from us, uh, if nothing crazy happens, you should hear from us Saturday night where we'll talk about Tennessee-Cincinnati basketball and we'll talk about Tennessee-Vanderbilt football. Uh, And if nothing else happens on Friday, you'll hear from us then. So until then, be safe, wear your masks, wash your freaking hands, be nice to each other. Happy Hanukkah to everybody out there in the Jewish community and happy holidays to everyone else. And we will see you in just a couple of days. See you.